Good afternoon. It is January 10th already. We are already 10 days in 2021. And, you know, I want to talk about today triggers. This is a big word uh, in our current society. And it's, of course, been around for many, many, many years in the the behavioral circles and the uh, psychological circles. But it's something that we, you know, we've always probably seen the meme of triggered, you know, and, oh, are you triggered? Did I trigger you? And what what is a trigger? Uh, the triggers are anything that makes you get emotionally escalated in some way. Something makes you, you know, want to react, you know, uh, what is a trigger on a gun, you pull the trigger, a bullet comes out, so someone says something or does something, and you react, right, it makes you react, because emotionally, you're so overwhelmed, that you you can't help yourself but react, it's a trigger, and you, a lot of times when we talk about triggers, we're talking about drug recovery, you know, or your addiction of many kinds, what things trigger you to want to use or to want to engage in addictive behavior what is a setting or an event or a time of day that that causes you to feel like I want to use we're talking about in recovery or an addiction so in that word it encompasses that right what, what are our triggers Now, what I want to talk about is understanding that triggers, by and large, these are not things that, in my opinion, and this is an amateur's opinion, I have uh, a lot of professional experience in the field of behavior change. Um, I also have spent a lot of time doing the internal work of my own behaviors and then reading certain books, and I'm in a master's program of... Uh, social work, I have to take a bachelor's in community health and wellness, so I have some academic experience. I would still say I'm very much a amateur um, in the field compared to what could be known relative. But triggers are not something which, and I, and I do wish I had uh, access to um, computer right now, I would tell you exactly what the definition of a trigger is. And, and uh, it's something I can do at another uh, another time. I would speak freely here. And I said triggers are not something that are consciously formed. And that's not a hot take, obviously. You know, we don't sit there and you know, pick our triggers and say, well, I want this to trigger me, I want this to trigger me, and I want this. These are my three triggers. I'm happy with that. And we choose it and go about our day and our life. That's not how it works. You know, it's... Uh, it's subconscious. A lot of it, it probably does happen from uh, our upbringing, growing up, and um, the lens we view the world, people who raised us, our culture, what we take in every day, media-wise, and, and all these things. They, they form our, our subconscious, these are subconscious triggers. And they only become conscious once we can name them and really 
do that work of saying, hey, I notice that whenever I'm around this or this is said, I feel this certain way. And for a while, if you're not conscious of this, you'll think or you'll tell yourself, maybe that internal dialogue is going to say, this person triggers me. Is it this person or is it, or is it what this person does? Um, you might not even know, you know, might not even understand that it's a trigger thing. It's just like this, you know, this person made me mad. This person is an asshole. This person is an instigator, you know. Um, it's all this person's fault. A lot of the emphasis may become more on that person, not your own internal emotional reactions. That guy, you know, he, he pissed me off. You just piss me off, and you can't even name it. If you're not, if you're not really conscious of what's going on within yourself, you don't can't even name it. You just, you just know the sensation of well, I was calm and cool, and then all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm, I'm spouting at the mouth, or I am, uh, maybe I'm binge eating, maybe I'm doing a drug, I'm compulsively doing whatever, and I'm not even wanting to do it, and you're wondering why. Then you might associate a certain person or an event and, or a, you know, um, whatever it is. And it's like, and you can't figure it out, but you like, you misplace it as maybe anger or blame as to this, this external thing. Because you can't control that. You can't control what triggers you. So there's that, there's definitely a, a stressful sensation within that, um, I'd say. When you can't control what pisses you off, what makes you mad, what makes you react, you feel powerless. And when we're powerless, a lot of times we want to become defensive. We want to become, we want to take that power back with aggression or anger, or with the different ways we take power back by, you know, uh, our addictions. You know, these things are uh, when we have these feelings that we can't control. Um, or these triggers, it's. It could be a self-soothing thing. And what I find, because I am, um, you know, I'm definitely somebody who went through that. I speak all this from experience. Um, I have plenty of voices, and I, and I identify them as, as self-soothing techniques um, and as compulsive behaviors. Uh, and... I can, I can relate to just trying to like really aggressively um, push these out of my mind or um, you know whatever whatever it is and it, what I find now because uh, I don't think that you know, it's the goal of, of you know many people to through things like meditation is to be aware of that. Be a step ahead and say, oh, I'm triggered. I feel it, but I'm not going to react in the way I typically do that it may be a harmful behavior or it may be non-productive um, or it doesn't align with who I want to be as a person and it's uh 
but it's something that I have got to the habit of doing, you know, it's, it's, it's a very strongly built uh, connection in my mind, this trigger, this behavior, and, you know, maybe it started as something that was benign, that happened once or twice, and, and it was a weak connection, and then the more I did it, the more I let myself cave into this. This is how these habits are formed, and it becomes a very strong connection. And I, at times, found myself, you know, really trying to think, like, what, what is it that triggers me? Why? Why does this trigger me? What happened to me early on that makes me have this sensation? Like, and again, delve delve into that psychoanalysis. And um, what I couldn't realize now is, like, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. We're not uh, responsible what the triggers came from we're not in control of that but we are in control of what we do when we recognize the triggers we have control we don't have to react it takes a working against resistance a little bit um and and fighting those urges um we can rebuild that connection in our mind and that's powerful that's where our power is tell me the power of that Prayer. I think when prayer is done intentionally, it's powerful. I wasn't taught prayer in this way. I was taught prayer as penance. Penance for sins. Oh... Father, I have done this or that. And he said, well, give me ten Hail Marys and five other fathers and I'll see you in the morning. You're good. It was prescription for penance. I was taught prayer repetition. And even though they, they say that prayer is a way to talk to God, I do believe it is and at some point, I'll talk a lot more about what that means to me. In order for me to have felt that, I really needed to break down the words I was saying, not just saying them. Lord's Prayer has a good example of a powerful prayer it only became powerful later on in life. I really started to learn more about religion and study other religions and look into you know quantum physics and 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 start meditating and and get really deep in life to explore the inner and the outer, contemplate the inner and the outer, and contemplate existence and develop what. I personally believed. It wasn't when I just said, well, I'm a Catholic and I go to this church and I say these prayers and then, you know, and then I go home and I check the boxes. I did prayer then and I'm glad I did prayer then. I think that there was value in that. There was value in that because I also set, set the foundation for 
know who I am today spiritually, which I feel pretty good about my spiritual health. And while I'm, I have plenty of my qualms about the Catholic Church and 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 the and the my church in general, well specifically rather, and um, and this and that, I I do think there's value in that, but there's to me there's much more value now in how I view it and. I do a I do a uh, example for you in that Lord's Prayer. So I say it. I say Our Father. Now when I say Our Father, like I'm talking about the Creator, the Creator of the entire of our entire existence, of everything, not just of Earth, but of the, the universe. And and when I say Father, I, I take away the person of it. Because we only made it a person to make it easy to understand. So when I say I father, I'm talking to something that I can't fully describe or understand or or visualize. I can't I can't draw a picture of it. I can't tell you what it is. There's nothing of my earthly senses that can perceive what I'm saying. When I say our father. Well, just this, these first two words, when I start this prayer, Our Father, I am connecting with something that I can only try and attempt to feel deeply within what I can only describe as my soul. So now I must try to, to be into my soul as I say this. This is, this is all how this is, these two words start this prayer for me now when I say it. Our Father, I am connecting. Who art in heaven. Now we're on a whole nother track, right? What is heaven? Heaven was never described. It was just a place where, you know, you just go. Heaven's where, where God lives and, and where you go and you die. And people have described it in, in media um, as clouds and as, you know, a big golden gate. Um, and that's that's all we really kind of get in terms of the imagery. Uh, you know, there's people in their in their personhood form of the past, and you know, sometimes God is this big gigantic person you would maybe have seen. For some, heaven has been described just as light. You know, people who were experienced near death have experienced the light. So the heaven is is. Thought about it being a light place, but not much is talked about heaven in itself and, and what it is. Although, in the in the uh, in the Bible, Jesus has said that heaven. When the Pharisees will ask ask Jesus, Jesus, where is heaven? And Jesus says, Heaven is neither here nor there. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And when I, when I view existence in the way that I think existence can only be viewed, and that is there is nothing but existence, and there is nothing but God, right? So there can't be a dimension other. It, it can't be outside of this. It's here. Heaven is here. I don't. I don't mean that in the Buddhist perspective either. And and this. Well, I guess I do in some ways. But what I mean is, heaven is dimension right here, right now. 
the place within everybody that we can we can create heaven on earth, as Jesus said. Again, all I said was who are in heaven. And here are the thoughts and feelings that I experience that I'm trying to connect with. So I'm going to say, our Father, who are in heaven, I can't just say those words. If I'm praying, if I'm praying, I'm, I, I need to connect. This isn't something that you just, that you, just you know, you just say because everyone else is saying it. And that's, this is what you're doing because, you know, it's a time to do it. Like, whew. I don't understand what we're saying. Who are in heaven. So now connecting with heaven, which is a place within everyone, is a dimension that exists here on the in this in this plane. You know, heaven could maybe be a, it's a it's a it's a frequency, right? Because if we think about quantum physics and we think about you know just science in general, we know that. You know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It's it's all just sound. It's all frequency. You know, having, to me, personally, I connect with it as a frequency that we all can get to, that we've all been to at times. We've all experienced it at times. It's, it's the pure land, if you want to go back to some of the Buddhist thinking. It's not it's something that you experience in death only because in death, your ego and your body dies, which is why you can experience it in life. Because in life, you can experience ego death. And in life, you can have states of feeling like you're not stuck in a body, but and you're not your body, and you can feel that sensation. But again, I connected all of that. Now I'm saying, our Father, our, our, the creator of everything, the, the, I won't even say a being, because I just, I can't fragment it. I can't, I can't reduce it to something that I can understand. It's just, it's something, but something created this. And even if it's a perpetual force that has created and, and and has always been and has always been, I don't know, was there ever nothing? You know, these are the big questions that I, start, I get to get into when I say this prayer. Wonderful, deep questions that, that really get me thinking and get me feeling, get me connected. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That goes back to what I just said. Hallowed be the name. And I, I can say God. But that's just God. It's, it's the sounds I'm making with my throat. <laughs> the word that I was, that I was taught. It's a word people use. Uh, you know, in other religions, they, they use different words. Allah, Yahweh. Great Spirit. These are all just words. These are all just things we're trying to name. That, as they say in the Tao, the Tao cannot be named. For them, the Tao is God. God cannot be named, nor can it be be heard, or 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 you know physically felt, or um, described. God is it's hallowed. Be thy name. Is beyond anything. It's, you know, hollow. It's, it's past perception. 
It's like nothing else. Because it's everything else. So it can't be it can't be like anything in, like we experience individually because it's everything and it creates everything, you know? So if it's just the one thing, then what the heck is everything else? It can't. It just can't. Right? And this is get this is where I get to be. I get to play in this. Just by saying this prayer, I get to play, I get to play in this. In this thought. In these feelings. I feel like giddy, giddiness in, in the in the playfulness of this. Of these thoughts, of these deep thoughts. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Now we get into the prayer where I am now connecting with it. With, with this it, with God, with the with the hallowed name of God, of Yahweh, of Allah, with heaven, and what that means, that frequency, and that peace frequency, I'm connected with it. Thy kingdom comes, and now that kingdom of heaven, I'm asking it to come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. God's will. Be done. What am I saying here? To me, what I'm saying is I am tired of the suffering of the people on this planet. Because this is the only planet I know. I don't know what's going on on other planets. If there's suffering going on there, maybe they've already reached heaven and those beings in this infinite universe. I don't know. So I'll focus on Earth and say that I believe that the kingdom of heaven is always accessible to all of us. And it's being held from us by those who are trying to achieve material profit now. And heaven is being denied to people through our own ignorance and through our own blockage of God. Not letting, allowing ourselves to experience the kingdom of heaven that is within and accessible to all of us. Not letting God in. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done. What is God's will? God's will is for all of us to, to bring heaven on earth. Thy will be done. That's 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 God's will. So now I go from connecting. Now I'm I'm calling on this. I'm praying. I'm I'm, I'm praying that I can help God. And when I pray this, it's not just you know. I'm not that God delivered this gift to us. As I go about my day, and I hopefully this gift comes like it's an Amazon package. Hopefully, you know that the kingdom of heaven comes in the mail today. I prayed for it. I hope it comes. No, I'm I'm praying. I'm praying that God helps me. That God helps me, and helps others. That He helps us. <laughs> I laughed already during this prayer. Now I'm crying because I'm. I feel that pain. I feel that suffering in myself, and I know other people feel it too. So I'm praying that God helps me. He helps me be a, a channel of His peace. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, on this physical earth as it is in the beautiful frequency of heaven. So this is earth frequency here that's heavy. And it's grounding, and it's not bad. But there's another part of this that's accessible to us, and that's heaven. And it's here. It's right here. 
with all within all of us, and when we can share that heaven with each other, it can be here. And we all know it. And the suffering we experience is the denial of that. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Give us sustenance to what our day. Bread is sustenance. Let us all have sustenance. Let us all have food to eat, air to breathe, water to drink, and sustenance for our soul. Let us all do something today that makes us feel alive. Hopefully we can even, even just in ourselves, allow ourselves to go about our daily routine and let that give us life. Hopefully what we do helps us feel like we have a purpose and we are sustained on that level. Give us our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. Now I'm asking God to forgive me for all the time that I have not been in this mode, that I have allowed myself to be distracted. Allow myself to give in to other thoughts and deeds that was just purely chasing physical sensation and immediate gratification and thus denying my ability to 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 work for a higher purpose. And again, I'm not talking about being a, a period in here or being being pious. I'm not saying you can't experience any physical sensations, but compulsively, giving it to compulsions, compulsions into bad habits. You know, forgetting that I am, you know, a, a child of God, a son of God. Godly person, we all are forgetting that, maybe, and forgetting that my neighbor is. So forgive me for these trespasses. What does forgiveness mean? Forgiveness is not just, oh, you're forgiven. You know, we think about forgiving in, in, in our human interactions. Like, oh yeah, I forgive you. Okay, we can we can talk again. You know, we can like forgive, like cleanse, cleanse me of this, cleanse my soul, cleanse my mind, cleanse my heart, cleanse, forgive me. Forgive me. When we forgive somebody. It's also our it's the feelings of love. Like I I won't block my love from you anymore. So that's what that's what I feel now. When I when I say that and forgive us our trespasses, I want to open up my heart again to love myself, to forgive myself. As we forgive those trespass against us, so now I want to let me love others. Ram, you know, uh, Ram Das has said to him that his guru Maharaj said to him, "Love everybody and tell the truth. Love everybody and tell the truth. Love everybody. You can't love someone you haven't forgiven. People who have wronged you, people are gonna wrong you every day. And lead us not into temptation. That's a hard one. But I ask for it. Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
So now for me to say these words, I'm not just saying them, I need to think about that. What is evil? Evil to me is anything that brings you away from life. This is a bit cliche to say, but what is evil backwards? Just live backwards. Whatever, whatever takes you away from your highest potential, from heaven on earth, from peace within your soul, from connection to God, that's evil, right? Leave me not into that way. It's a temptation. But deliver us from evil. Deliver us. To lead me not to temptation and deliver us from evil. So to deliver to be delivered, right? I'm not saying walk with me. I'm not saying I said lead me lead us not to temptation, deliver us. So at first of all, don't lead me to temptation and deliver us from evil. That means pick me up and you you take me right away from that. Jesus take the wheel type stuff. All glory to God. God, take take me away from this evil. Anything like that that does not serve my serve my, our our collective soul doesn't help me serve that. For thine is the kingdom and power and glory of yours. Now and forever. All glory to God. Because it is the end of the day. All good. Comes from that. Comes from wanting to be our greatest potential. And that's what, and whether or not. And you can say this prayer. And be an atheist. Because it's what it personally means to you. And when you pray like this, it's powerful. You connect with the thing bigger than yourself. Because we're something than ourselves. Obviously, how small we are. <laughs> so that's prayer for me. And that's a powerful, powerful tool that I think there's a stigma to. There's stigma all about religion. Religion can be very helpful. But also, you see what religion can do out of the side. It's all how, how you use it. Religion's a tool like anything else. Religion in itself is not God. The way for us to try to understand our our creation, our existence, try to understand God, and use us these these tools that are helpful. So that's how I use prayer that that powerful way. I appreciate you listening to this if you have. I've talked about um, prayer within this. I think also, by the way, this side note, maybe doing this whole thing wrong. I think I'm putting this all under the the trigger um, video label so it doesn't all fit, but uh, 
I'm just really using this for my own. As NF would say, it's just a therapy session for me. Just talking out loud, and I feel like I'm someone may hear this at some point, right? It's the podcast, I'm putting this out there. And um, by teaching, we become better at our craft, whatever craft that may be. So if I know that someone out there may may one day hear this, it it helps me try to clarify certain topics I want to talk about that may have only you know been internal thoughts or ideas. So I want to talk about religion. Uh, I talked about prayer, and I know that me personally, for a long time, not heard anything about religion. It was a huge turnoff to me in terms of trying to now, uh, you know, be attentive and be engaged in the topic. Uh, I can get you know turned off, and in fact, I'll be the opposite. You know, I'll be triggered to just uh, because it is, because it is so to triggered, huh? I'd be triggered to um, talk about how religion is a bad thing. You know how it's hypocritical. Um, how people who claim to be religious have done so many terrible things. You know, some of the most religious people you can think of. And the other side, too. You know, even staunch atheists have been the worst, committed the worst atrocities. But, um, and it shouldn't be evil. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be like, oh, either way. It's like, no, if you're, if you say you're religious, like, not, I guess, allowed to say it, but if you claim to be religious, then I think you have a, principle now well you have some type of expectation for you to act in a way that is godly you know or that is kind and uh, uh, now get to interpretations but point being is I see it differently now belief is so important we know from the placebo effect that people who believe pill has cured them have experienced actual physical increases in their health and wealth and in alleviation of symptoms just from the belief that they're taking something to help them be better and end of the day none of us really know why we're here there's, there's no way that anyone can actually say, no, for a fact, this is why we're here. Some people say, well, there's no reason. It's all random. This is completely also a, a valid uh, theory, but there's no way to prove it. And depending on probably what you want to believe is how you're going to perceive our, our observations of this planet. That's of this planet, of this galaxy. There's so much we don't know. There's, so, there's, there's too much that we don't know about its existence. In fact, because we have such a, we have such a, but we have an infinite universe. It's infinite. That means that that means what we don't know is infinitely bigger than what we do know. So no one can say for sure what it is. What we know, we know, is that we do know that belief is important. And if you do believe that you are being supported by something greater than yourself. 
And there's so many ways it can be interpreted. You don't have to subscribe to any religion in order to experience the sensation, the belief that you are supported by something greater than yourself. And if for some people that means Jesus, for some that means um, God, some that means Yahweh, Allah, these are all just words to, to, to cast a spell on the human spirit. And I don't mean that in a bad way, man. Like, you're, again, beliefs. This is going to sound corny, but... What, what do we call, you know, words? What do you do with words? You spell words, right? Spelling. I say that, I know that's corny, and I'm not trying to take too much from that, I'm not going down that path here, but it can help us remember that what we say in our own minds, and, and then out loud to others, will affect what happens in our physical world. What we think and, and speak and do and say with our actions uh, and feel, these things manifest into real life to what we can actually experience. It, it changes things. So, for some people, religion does bring them to that place. It can, it can make their heart feel... For me, it makes my heart feel. And I... I right now, I practice mostly with the Episcopal Church. But... That is a bit more of a just because I, I am only one person I can't go to <laughs> if, if I could I, I would clone myself and I go to every religion's mass every Sunday I'm just trying to put that spell on my heart. You know, trying to relieve my suffering. Or not just relieve it, but give it meaning. And know that I suffer for a purpose greater than my own self. Which means that my suffering and my and and the counter of that, my enjoyment are not the end-all, be-all rubric for success. And I do believe that we should, we should strive to be happy. Happiness is probably the most accurate and authentic rubric that you are in the right direction, that you're in the right place. Well, we can be happy and suffer. And it's not, and maybe it's not about being comfortable. Our own comfort isn't the end of the rubric. And you could say, well, I am living a very comfortable life. Comfortable. And someone who may be comfortable now may be uncomfortable later. What I mean by that is 
when we only chase comfort and that is the only thing that can give us this alleviation of suffering or this feeling of success then when we no longer can be comfortable because you know we're on our deathbed and I go back to that and it's morbid but I mean for me that the, the idea of the deathbed is is what helped it's what helped me stay alive it's what helped me stay alive when I when I think about myself in my deathbed I want to I want to know that I, I I feel peace in my heart and I'm okay with life I lived because I'm letting go of this character now am I okay with how I played the game if I won the game, right, because what's winning the game, for in this society, winning the game is I acquire the most wealth or I have, a, I have achieved fame As they say, these things, you can't take them with you as you go. What can you take? If that's what real wealth is, is the things you can take with you when you go. What can you take? Can you take your memories? We don't know. People who have died have said that, or have, have said to experience near death. Or they also have said they have died. And came back and I don't mean in a reincarnation sense I mean as as the same character so to speak they said they have remembered people they've seen people from their from their past who have, who have went before them but have they seen them or have they felt them personally I think that feelings are goes on forever Heaven is here, and that's that's a Buddhist principle. Heaven is here. Heaven's right here in, a, in the open heart. Heaven is here in the mind when it is focused on the present moment. It's here. And we can feel feel joy and peace in the heart, love, especially love, pure unconditional love. For ourselves and everyone and anyone else. I know it sounds uh, to some people like, <laughs> but I tell you, this is what this is what I think most humans do crave: is connection, and that's again what religion can offer people. And not again, other ways you can find it is um, just again. For some, religion is is the opposite. For for many, actually, religion has served a purpose that has brought people away from that proverbial heaven that I talk about and it caused them to hate has caused them to uh, become power uh, or rather power uh, drunk with power corrupted by their power has become hypocrites has become all the things that Jesus warned of 
have become convinced that their way is the only way. And they have murdered people. They have hidden crimes upon people. They were not following the word of God. And you notice that almost all the religions are about the same. And the reason for that. And it's a simple one. Experience is universal. Many parts of it all. <clears throat> and for each region is a different story. And we don't know which story is the truth. We cannot know. But for all these people, it connects them to something higher, something bigger than themselves. That's why I pray. I don't pray to a a sky daddy, as Alan Watts would say, praying that my sky daddy will give me my gifts that I asked for. Like he was a, a year-round Santa Claus. But when I pray, I connect with the deepest within me. With the, with the parts of life which I can't well, I can't observe, but everything I see is this manifestation of the one, the oneness, the thread that connects everything and everyone, and is everywhere. And when I become sensitive to that, it's there's no sensation that anything in this world can give you. And some people get that from religion. Some people get it from spirituality. Some people get it from... The list is as infinite as our universe. Which is why we need to believe in freedom. Freedom to let anybody go down their own path as long as it don't hurt others is a non-negotiable for a society that wants to transcend its weaknesses and and save itself from damnation. And by damnation, I mean where we're headed right now as a society. Damning ourselves to a hell, choosing to stay locked in our cell. When a door is wide open, I once had a friend tell me a long time ago that the mind itself is a sense. I didn't understand what he meant at the time, but I understand now. That you can be in tune with the sensations that the mind feels. And how it may affect your actions, thoughts, feelings, behaviors, etc. 
Much like if you were to touch a hot stove, you pull your hand away. If you were to smell a good smell, you may walk towards it. If you were to taste something good, you may continue to eat it. Or if you may hear a loud crash, you may want to go in and inspect it. How the fuck are you doing that? Sorry, this is what happens when you try to drive a car and also do a podcast. What the hell, bro? If I die, I'll know why. Dumb shit. Anyways. Oh, I was supposed to go that way. Okay, I fucked that up. Well, anywho, looking for a podcast in which you get to hear my... <laughs> well, there you go. That was actually a very real uh, example of the mind. <laughs> when I see cars coming at me, I, I move out of the way. But also when I perceive a certain route... To be the right route, I drive to that route. But that wasn't really what I was getting at. I was getting more at the pull, the pull of the mind towards certain stimulus and the sensation of being uh, stimulated or escalated in your mind and how with using certain methods deep breathing and you know mindfulness maybe certain mantras you have come up with in the past that you can deregulate that mind and you can change its perceptions and you can and it is an really amazing feeling uh, this is this is what I'm describing is this urge urge surfing the urge of I think one of the biggest senses in the mind uh, or the sensations in the mind is that of having an urge that you want to fulfill and how in those moments your mind gives you the sensation that you really must fulfilled that urge and I'll give you a good example right now so I had received a gift from uh, a supervisor of mine it was chocolate dark chocolate my favorite so as I eat the dark chocolate oh my mind it, I feel the sensations of mmm this is good but the taste goes to the mind Good all all the senses I talked about earlier they all connected to the mind but that tastes good my Taste buds like it. My brain likes the idea of eating chocolate. Even the idea of like, oh, the reward system. Mmm, chocolate. Chocolate is good. I'm eating chocolate. I'm, you know, no one's gonna stop me eating this chocolate. Uh, I want more. I want more chocolate. I'm gonna keep doing it. You know, and I, so I go to my car. I put the chocolate down next to me, and I'm still in that urge of, I want to finish this box. This is good. I want to just keep. Why? I'm gonna finish a box. Why not? It's good. 
feel that, and it, and it's intense. It's fast. It's like, or I guess if I were to, if I were to describe this as a as a frequency, it's a fast frequency. It's like, um, you know, if a heart rhythm was going 150 reps a minute or beats per minute, it looks like that type of heart rhythm. It's like it's intense chasing after that stimulus, right? That's urge. That's urge. And I, I was able to take a moment. <sighs> take a breath. Remind myself that I am currently overweight and I'm trying to change that. And I thought about uh, something that Sam Harris, who I recommend listening to Sam Harris, great meditation teacher, teacher of the mind. You know, I just heard his voice in my head. I heard his voice talking about the mind, and it, it brought me back. Everything kind of slowed down a little bit. That frequency slowed down. And once that frequency slowed down, got some space from the stimulus. I didn't eat another chocolate. And how quickly my reality has changed. My reality in that moment was I'm going to finish this box of chocolate. I want to do it. I'm a grown adult. No one's going to stop me from doing it. It tastes good. It feels good. And, you know, and my mind is telling me that this has to happen. I'm going to you know, if I, if I don't have another chocolate, I'm going to keep craving. I'm going to keep craving this chocolate. If I don't have another chocolate, I'm going to keep craving it. I'm going to want it so bad. I, I need to have it. I don't know how this is all minds work. I don't know anybody, how anybody else's mind works besides my mind. I know that I have an addictive personality. And this is, this is exactly what I felt with many other urges and cravings and temptations that have happened in my life. This is what happens. You know, and I have the inhibition. I was able to tap into that. <sighs> Take a breath. <sighs> another breath. Another chocolate right next to me. I don't. I don't want to eat other chocolate. You know, I'm not hungry. <laughs> I've had no chocolate. It was good. I can still taste some of the chocolate in my mouth, you know. I'm still enjoying. And now I can almost sit more in that enjoyment. I can sit in that enjoyment more of like, that was good chocolate. Mmm, I can almost taste it more. And now I'm not tasting it with the uh, overlay of this ch- uh, craving, urge, ugh, fast, eat. Not that, you know. It's, it's, it's I'm enjoying it. More subtle temptation. But the, I'd rather the subtle uh, sensation of the smoothness of the dark chocolate, of the richness of it. I can taste it now. Even though I haven't even had it in eight minutes or ten minutes. I can still taste it now. Cause now I'm more aware of my other senses. Because I'm not trapped in the, the fastness, the the hustle and bustle of the craving mind. 
how that is a sense. And much like any other sense, if we can take a step back and observe that sense, and maybe when we hear that loud noise and our mind goes, oh God, what's that? I'm scared. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Lost and scared and react. But if same thing, same thing as the urge of the chocolate is a loud noise. Take a deep breath. Maybe see it for what it is. I mean, a loud noise is just something completely benign. You know? I don't gotta go crazy. Much like the, the story of the Buddha and the stick, which people thought was a snake, but it's only a stick. I mean, you can relax and breathe and observe and get meditative and mindful how you can see and witness things much better and be more skillful in life.